you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. In Isaiah 53, the Bible records, and I'll read from verse 1, I'll probably jump a few verses. Isaiah 53 from verse 1 says, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we extend him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Six says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his share as a silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who would declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. If you also come with me, just um, we, we can lay that as a foundation. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 6, and I'll be reading from the message translation, the message version. Ephesians chapter 6, I read from verse 1, and then just um, to give a background in case nothing else happens. Verse 1 says, children, do what your parents tell you. This is only right. Honor your father and mother is the first commandment that has a promise attached to it, namely, so you will live well and have a long life. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Servants, respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always with an eye to obeying the real master, Christ. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily. As Christ's servants, doing what God wants you to do. And work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master. 
regardless of whether you're a slave or free. Masters, it's the same with you. No abuse, please, and no threats. You and your servants are both under the same master in heaven. He makes no distinction between you and them. 10 to 12, which is where I wrap up. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to you so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Let's read that again. This is no afternoon, let's together, athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Just in the first statement in the other passage, be prepared. Brothers and sisters, I thank God for you that you come to church and that you're here on this blessed morning. However, the meditation of my heart is that we have to go beyond coming to church. Praise the Lord. We have to go beyond coming to church. We have to begin to, by the help of the Holy Ghost, come into understanding. In Colossians chapter 1, we looked at it on Wednesday. Verse 4, which is almost the same thing with Ephesians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul says, I thank God I've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. So they are born again. He says, I thank God for you. You know? But now, if you go down in verse 9, the Apostle Paul begins to make a prayer. And in that prayer, he says, for this reason, what do I do? He says, since I heard of your faith, I do not cease to pray for you. What is he praying for me for? He's praying for me that I may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And I should have what? Wisdom. And I should have what? Spiritual understanding. Okay, let's see the way message put that. Verse 9. It says, Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will. Now look at the last part. And so acquire what? A thorough understanding of the ways in which one God works. So let me paint the picture for you here. The Apostle Paul says someone has a new phone, the latest um, iPhone, okay? Maybe iPhone 11, okay? I don't even know where they are, <laughs> okay? So someone has a new iPhone 11, and he says to him, maybe you go to visit your grandmother, praise God. And you see your grandmother, someone has gifted her with iPhone 11. So what do you say to her? I thank God. You have been blessed with iPhone 11. Mama, oh, brother James really loves you. He bought you iPhone 11. 
What next are you going to do? Now, I understand that the latest, I, I, I'm sure the iPhone might be like that also. The latest iPad doesn't even use password. It's facial recognition. So, it's possible Mama with her iPhone 11 can't even turn it on. Praise the Lord. It's her own. But she needs to know how, how it works. She needs to know what is to do. Praise the Lord. That's what the Apostle Paul was saying here. He says, I thank God ahead of your faith in Christ Jesus. Ahead of your love for the same. But I'm praying for you now. That you will be filled with the knowledge of what? His will. Why did brother James give mama iPhone 11? He probably wants to Skype with mama. He wants to do FaceTime. He wants to, you know, do all kinds of, he wants to be able to transfer money online. He wants mama to stop going to the bank. Praise the Lord. So mama has to acquire a new set of skills to be able to do what? Benefit from what has been given to her. It's the same thing with our faith. Now, some mama can get the same iPhone. And you know that, I don't know how it looks, but you can use any phone as a mirror. And you come after one year to visit mama, and mama is putting her old school eye pencil. And she say, you say, what I do, mama? He said, I'm putting my, say, please give me my mirror there. And you turn, where is the mirror? The mirror is the iPhone 11 they gave her one year ago. And it's been serving what? As a mirror. Now, for such a thing to happen, two things took place. In the first part of it, she did not know how much it cost. Because even if someone told mama, I bought you this thing, and she thinks it's a mirror. And they tell mama it was bought for, let's say, $1,000. 360000 naira. Mama will say, what kind of mirror? Cost what? 360000 it means she will not use it like any other mirror. Praise the Lord. Two things there now. The second part of it is this. Knowing how much it costs, even if you and I don't teach mama that there is more to it, every day she'll be examining it. What is in this mirror that made them pay what? 360000 Now, those two things. That's why we read Isaiah 53. Every Christian must come to the place where he appreciates what the price for being a Christian is. On Wednesday we established that the faith we have is not a cheap faith. It's free to us, but it's not cheap. Christianity is not cheap. It's free. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. You and I are working, enjoying, living in many things that we never paid for. But it doesn't make them cheap. And the truth is, if you think it cheap, you won't even get the value. That's why if you look at a lot of people that make you know, astounding results in universities these days, these are people that after 16 years, 17 years, they couldn't get into the university, probably went to work. And went back to school after they had worked for seven years. So they see what it takes to go to school. They see the benefits. When they get into school at 23 years or 22, they come out with first class. Because they've come to appreciate what this thing means. The same way it is with our faith. A lot of us have started this journey 
And we have started it very well. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us. What does it take? You hear the sermon. The Holy Ghost ministers to you. You respond. You're born again. Nobody can take that from you. Praise the Lord. No, nobody can take that from you. You are indeed born again. But then there is his will for you. He predestined you unto something. The Bible says we are created in Christ Jesus. What? Unto good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in it. We read Isaiah 53 and we are told that this man that we paid this price. It says he was acquainted with grief. He was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrows. There was no comeliness. He was not looking like any of us here. Because he came on a mission. He came on a mission. He came to do something. What did he do? He came to pay the price for our salvation. He came to shed his blood. He came that his body might be broken. He came to tear down the works of darkness. He came to break the power of sin. He came to satisfy every requirement of the law. He came to leave so that men will examine him. His enemies will examine him. Satan will examine him. His friends will examine him. And all of them must come to the same conclusion. We find no fault in what? This man. So that he can be a perfect lamb for the sacrifice of the redemption of mankind. Every second that Lord Jesus was on the earth, he did not forget who he was. He said at the end of his ministry, Father, that you might restore to me what? The glory that I had. I tell us here, you see, if you have not driven an air-conditioned car, you don't know what it is. When you know, you're not missing anything. When you know problem is when you go from air-conditioned house, air-conditioned car, to non-air-conditioned car and non-air-conditioned. You can't sleep. Oh. Even with this rain that is falling in Abuja, if there is no electricity, most of us can't sleep. Praise the Lord. It's a wonder. But you see, before, if it rained, you are even cold. You see, our Lord Jesus laid aside his majesty took all the glory he had left it in heaven and came down to the earth and lived the life of a pauper born in a manger born to a human father you know who was you know covering Mary a carpenter grew up with doing handwork all the while he knew who he was he knew what he left. He knew the glory. That's why when he finished, he said, Father, please now, can you restore to me that glory that I had? Brothers and sisters, I want us this morning to appreciate that our faith is a costly faith. Is a costly faith. If someone from amongst us here went for Olympics or went to do something and came first in 100 meters, if the person came here one Sunday, returning from Olympics with a gold medal, many of us will lift him up. Won't we do that? Ordinary school match, when your team wins, fellow students will lift other students, isn't it? What did they do? They scored. When we know, when you and I appreciate what Jesus did, we will lift him up. We will exalt him. We will be beside ourselves for him. We will go crazy. That's what David began to understand in the Old Testament. Where he said to Micah, he said, if I'm besides myself, if I'm debasing my kingship, you don't understand. 
I can see the glory. I can see the God who has condescended to love me. There is nothing I do that is shame to him. As long as I do it for him. Brethren, this morning I want us to appreciate that Jesus, the Son of God, the glorious one, the wisdom of God, the creator, the one who is all, came down to the earth to pay the price that will make you and I become children of the most high God. And now the Bible can say to you and I have been given the right. That right is purchased. Praise the Lord. That authority is purchased. He purchased it. He paid in full. And if you come to verse 10 of Isaiah 53, the Bible says, It pleased the Lord to do to bruise him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Is the Lord a sadist? So why will he bruise him? Because it was necessary for my word, healing. It was necessary for my deliverance. It was necessary for my salvation. It says he put him to grief. This is father to son. But the last part of that says, The pleasure of the Lord shall do what? Prosper in his hand. How is pleasure going to come out from bruising and grief? It says, verse 11, the first part, it says, He shall see the labor of his soul and be what? And be satisfied. What's that say? It's saying that when you and I come to appreciate, come to comprehend what he did and begin to walk in the reality. He said, Jesus will say, I've earned a good return for what I did. And that's why this morning, I want to pray that your life will give him pleasure. Praise the Lord. That our lives will do what? Will give him pleasure. That he, he will look at us. He will look at you individually. And be glad he went to the cross. Let me say something from another direction to you. Last Sunday was communion. Do you know that at the communion, our Lord Jesus said to them, This you shall do in remembrance of me. Okay? And when Paul was, you know, reenacting it in the epistles, he said, This do often in remembrance of his what? Resurrection. He never said, remember my resurrection. He said, this do as often, for as often as you do, you proclaim the Lord's word. Death till he comes. Why is he asking us to proclaim his death? We celebrate his resurrection. Praise the Lord. We celebrate his life. When we meet people, we ask them, are you born again? They say yes. We say, are you filled with the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in tongues? The person opens his mouth and, you know, begins to pray. We are happy. But do we bother to ask, do you appreciate his death? He says, as often as you do, you, pro, you know what it means to proclaim? You announce, you herald, you shout out. Why is it important to him that the only thing that he set as an ordinance, he set it and he said, do what? In remembrance of my death. Brethren, it is to help you and I appreciate that this thing we're involved in is not a game. It's not a game. It's not a man you ask now much. You know, some people are not too happy. Man you, I'll be man you. It's man you that is not doing well. I'll be asked now. Man you. So that's sad. If they do well, what, how will your condition change? This is only a game. They don't do well, you know. They do well. I mean, those are games. 
nothing it does not affect your landlord will not increase rent will neither will he reduce rent the minimum uh, pay that nlc labor congress is fighting will not be affected whether man you does well or not it's a game you understand it's a game and so many things in life are games but you know what this thing you are not involved is in, not a game it's not a game that's why the master said as often as you do this, you proclaim my death now it is good behavior and good uh, etiquette if someone gives you a gift they try to remove the price isn't it but how many of us did our parents remove the price of some things they gave us when they give you they tell you praise the lord what did they they tell you you know why they're telling you so that the use of it you will become wise that's what our lord jesus was saying when you gather at the table of communion when you gather he said remember my death so that at some point on this journey you will not think christianity is about wearing nice suit you won't think christianity is about building house you won't think christianity is about let me say this one i'm sure this you know holy spirit help us to understand you shouldn't enjoy church you know the word enjoy how many people say i, I enjoy the church well 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 you don't need to enjoy let me put it that way let me put it better you don't need to enjoy church praise the lord okay um holy spirit help us mr coco i saw you you took your mother-in-law to the hospital for physiotherapy some time ago was she enjoying it she wasn't enjoying it and you took her there more than once were they paying her who was paying so she was paying for what she was not enjoying and then she was going back continually i don't understand how can you be going for them to do something that you're not enjoying and then you have the opportunity of running away then you keep going back and then worse still you're paying them a lot of people enjoy they say i enjoy this church if i'm listening to a preacher i don't enjoy them if you're not speaking something that is directing me and redirecting me or strengthening me i move you see death it would be crazy you know you know we put cross now and it looks so beautiful let me tell you what it would have meant in today's world if you came into a church and you saw a coffin at the altar and every day they are just dancing around the coffin jesus says remember my word death what reminds us of that now coffin nobody plays at funerals everybody's solemn everybody's sober because it's a serious matter why it indicates finality brethren every day you work with god is a final day today is the day of salvation you're not sure of tomorrow you're not sure of tomorrow the faith jude said to us contend earnestly for the faith which was, was once what and for us delivered to us the faith that has been delivered to us is not for enjoyment we put all kinds of things in churches now so people will be comfortable ah, 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 ah. listen to me the man that you brought that did the massage for me was it enjoyable was he speaking correct english so your, your pastor they, they kill grammar they jump from from yesterday to tomorrow past tense future tense he puts them together it doesn't matter if he's ministering life praise the lord some people like their pastor he said i like the pastor he dresses cool god deliver you how many of us go to a doctor because he dresses well 
So I like that surgeon. All his patients are dying, but he's cool. You won't do that. But people do that in churches. In fact, let me put this one that is even more serious. He said, why do you go to that surgeon? They said he faked his certificate. He said, my friends, go there. These are all the things. Because we think it's a game. We think there's always an opportunity. We can always get serious. Some people come, you know, they hear the sermon. They say, well, it's okay. He's making points. You know, after service, anytime somebody says, Pastor, I enjoyed your sermon, I add them to prayer point. Because you can't enjoy truth. What I say, I say thank you. Now, it doesn't mean you can't. To, let me correct myself. It doesn't mean you can't. But that's not the objective. It's irrelevant whether you enjoy or not. You go to a city, you don't know the direction. And you ask somebody, maybe you thought you were going to um, shop right. Thank you. You thought you were going to shop right. And you find yourself almost at uh, this place now. Next. And you ask someone direction. Uh, you have an appointment with someone at ShopRite. And the person gives you the direction to ShopRite. Do you tell the person, you have just annoyed me. I could have done 100 meters to next and arrived at a location. Why are you giving me a direction that is almost 3 kilometers from here? Will you be angry with him? What will you say to the person? But it's inconvenient. Would you say, I'm not ready, I want to go to next. You will arrive there, but you can never meet your appointment. You see, church is about destiny. Praise the Lord. You come to the house of God so that you can fulfill destiny. You see, I've said you don't have to enjoy. But there is the other part of it, which English people will will help us, you know, solve. Enjoyment and joy is not the same. You should have joy every time you come to church. They are similar. Now, enjoyment is when Something gives me pleasure. So I enjoy listening to jazz music. I enjoy eating Amalande Wedu. I enjoy... What are the things we enjoy? You know, someone once told us that American preachers, we enjoy listening to them, not because of the word that bring it. It's the phonetics. You know, and the Lord said... So you're just, you're just happy. You're just happy because... Nobody in your village speaks like that. You're just enjoying, you know. And the Lord will bless you. And I will. You're just enjoying it. You know. So enjoyment is when something gives you pleasure. But you know what joy is? Joy is when you're in proximity to your purpose. You have joy when you know that, ah, this is where I should go. It's what the Bible said of the wise men. When they came out and they found a star. They had joy. Every time you step closer to the... Re- you see, inside of everyone, you know there's a sensor that knows why you were born, what you were born for. Every time you get a step closer to what you were born for, you will have joy. How many of us have been in places where you were enjoying but you didn't have peace? It was good. Everything was good. But inside of you, there's a restlessness. That's it. There's enjoyment, but it's not your purpose. You're in the wrong place. A friend drives up, wants to take care. Come on, let's go. And you look at his car. The latest BMW. The perfume on his body you want to go with. But as you're going, something is telling you. You don't belong here. 
You don't belong here. You're going with the person. Something is saying to you, as you're going, you're losing your peace. You're losing your joy. Because you're going farther from your original intent. Joy comes as you find yourself in closer proximity to what you were made for. That's what church is about. The church is the bride of Christ. Every time you come by the Holy Spirit, there is reconciliation. There is induction. He said that teaching you. Someday we are going to meet him and marry him. So every time you come, we are being prepared. Like they prepared Esther. Like they prepared the queens of the days of old. They are putting spices on you. Okay? They are softening your skin. They are you know, putting some things. The fruits of the Spirit are being worked in you. So that when you see him... You're just exactly what he wanted you to be. That's what church is about. But you see, these days, we come to church. If you ask me, why do you attend that church? They say, ah, I enjoy it. Or I like the packing. Or I like the puff puff after service. Okay? Or my friends are there. Or even I like, some people have left church. Say, they don't allow me minister. In that church, I have opportunity to minister. All kinds of things. Which would have been okay if this were a game. It's not a game. What we're doing here is not a game. Let me tell you. I think a few years ago, somebody wrote something. You know, I think it was my birthday. The person wrote something. And in essence, what she wrote was that every message this pastor preaches is salvation. You know why it's like that? Because every time you meet people, you don't know when next you will see them again. Every service is a farewell service. Every set, you don't know, and you must make choices based on that. The message says, This is not an afternoon, this is not an inter house pause. That when we finish next day, you know, the thing about even the most serious of games, because now we say, You know, games, there's nothing in it. Somebody think our oh, Olympics, there's something in it. But when you win Olympics this year, the gold you won four years' time, somebody will win it from you. Man, you is doing badly now, they were doing goodly, Abby. You see, games, they just keep swelling from this side to this side, this side. You see, this side, today you win, tomorrow you lose, you win, you lose. In the thing we're involved in is a once and for all. The Bible says it's appointed unto my one. Once. We don't have second hand. There's no second time. You know, the interesting thing about parable of the virgins that people miss is leave the five that were left behind. The Bible says when the bridegroom came, and entered, he said the door was shut. It means that door, when it is shut, they don't open again. Praise the Lord. When the door is shut, what? It's not open. There's no opportunity to say, ah, okay, okay, okay. Now I changed my mind. No. 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 Brethren, the thing that has been committed into our hands is not a joke. Why am I sharing this thing? We, we live in a time where Christianity is being mocked. Even amongst those inside, amongst those outside, you know, a lot of people just come and, you know, they look around, they come, the usher ask them to sit here. They don't like where they're sitting. They get up and walk away from church. I've never seen anybody, even as basic as that is, get down from an international flight because the, you know, the air hostess didn't treat them well. Do people do that? It's because they see direction. They know they have made appointments. When you come to this faith, you must look, why am I here? Why am I here? And why are these things happening? Let me tell you why these things are happening in our time. Because the very essence of why we are Christians, the devil has made sure 
that is no longer on focus. What are the two important things? We dealt with them here. The first thing is sin problem. And the second part of it, which is the beautiful part, is that sin has been dealt with. Praise the Lord. Yes. The root cause of the whole problem is sin. Now the source of all joy is that at the cross, Jesus what? Dealt with it and gave us the power now to live above. To live as sons of God. So we should actually have two classes of people walking on the earth. Those who are still under the power of sin. And those who have been set free and are breaking the power of sin in the lives of others. That's what it's about. We are light. The Bible says we were once what? Darkness. But now who are we? We are light. It's not a joke. The Bible says, can there be fellowship between Christ and Belial? Can there be fellowship between light and light and darkness cannot marry? One must displace the other, and it's always light. That's who you are. Say to yourself, I'm light. I'm a child of God. The blood has spoken for me. I'm delivered. The power of Satan is broken in my life. What business do I still have surrendering to Satan? What business? What power? Just taking this, you know, even on the side. Do you know the Bible says, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Isn't it? How many of us are anxious for nothing? How many of us, you know, can really say, Pastor, you know that thing, that scripture? I take it seriously. You see, when we look at this, the word of God, if we understood the price that was paid, if we appreciated the commitment of the creator of the universe into this relationship we have with him, our life will be much sweeter. But we don't appreciate it. There are some things, you know, things that sound very spiritual that you really, you know, pray about. But there are some things you just worry about. Because, I mean, you can't see it being part of it. But it says, come unto me, all ye that labor and what? Are heavy laden. And what will I do? I will give you rest. But that sounds like, well, I can understand them. Um, if it's, we're talking about uh, fruit of the womb, you know, or banjee things, you know, some things like that. But you see, that I'm being tempted in this area or that area. How can I come? I mean, you know, you don't understand. You see, Jesus understands that every little thing can be an opportunity for the enemy to deny you the privilege of the greatest thing you have, which is your salvation. That's why he says, don't worry about it. Have you had an instrument, equipment, a device where they put warning, don't service, don't open, just call this number. Does anybody have such a thing? They say, under no condition, should you open this device? Don't take it to a technician. Don't do anything. Just if he has a problem, what? Just call this number. You know what? They know what they put in there. They don't want anybody to say it's just fuse. You know how Nigerian people? Or when they open the car, when they open your car, they say, I'm going to come out this way. You know they do anything. You know they do anything. You know they, you know they do it. They didn't make the car... So the people that did the car, after they finished the car, they put some toys. Some wires there, just comic. The so guy know they do, make we just come out there. So you open, when a car is new, when you open the, the, the hood or the bonnet, you see everything is together. 
after the car spent six years in Nigeria, you see the ones that the mechanic in Gariki has removed. The one in Wusa has removed. Before you see it, you know, all kinds of things. I say, no, they do anything. Once the car is moving, they saw a guy tell you, no, they do anything. That's why God says to you, please, every problem you have, what should you do? He said, come to me. Come to me. There's none that he said, no, that one is small, you can handle anything. You know, every one of them, the enemy can use it and spoil the investment he has made. But you see, when Christianity is a game to you, when this faith is what you enjoy, that's the problem of enjoy. You see, when you enjoy things, when matters become serious, you don't call upon them. What you enjoy is when you're feeling easy, when all things are just okay. Say, ah, put it, I enjoy watching this. Nobody will hear gunshots outside this house and say, I enjoy watching a uh, cartoon. I enjoy watching uh, uh, African magic. You, you won't do that. You know why? Because for your mind to be at the state of enjoy, that means you're pursuing nothing. But you see, when you understand that the purpose of this faith is to bring results. The Bible says the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. What? Unto salvation. To what? Those who believe. The gospel is power. It means if you are born again, power is following you. Praise the Lord. And what is power? Power is ability to do work. Power is ability to cause movement, to cause change. And this change can be external, it can be what? Internal. I remember some time ago when we were doing some marriage program, and um, I think we've had much more testimonies. And one of our brothers said, he said he married as a Jew man, okay? So he didn't understand all these, um, you know, things they do on, in the bed. He said, but he took it to God in prayer. He said, now he's a superstar. Are you understanding? You see, God made you. For some, in a process of solving such a problem, have entered into another place. Are we getting it? But you see, you can't take such a problem to God if you don't take him seriously. The simple reason many of us don't commit things, a lot of things, or everything, let me even not say everything, a lot of things, to God, is because we are not really taking him seriously. As a businessman, sir, as a businesswoman, man, do you know that if you're faithful to God, I don't even want to use the word tithe, but in your giving, you're obedient to the Holy Spirit in your giving. There are some meetings you will enter. They say you're not qualified. You'll be smiling. You know why? Because the one in whom you have believed, the owner of your business, the one you have partnership with, said to you, go and bid for this job. When you sit in that environment, no matter what they're saying, like uh, Allah, Engineer Allah who told us, you just be praying in the Holy Ghost. It will enable you to ask for what, if they put a big sign in that organization, we don't give credits to Nigerians here. you just be smiling. When they finish, say, can I get a two-year credit for this uh, project? And I'm saying, no, we don't give. But the one that you work with, the omnipotent, the omniscient, the omnipresent, the one that has the hearts of men in his hands, can change their policy for your favor. You know why? Because you know it's not a game. It's not a game. If the same gospel that prevents me from cheating you, from taking bribes or giving bribes, empowers me to expect a miracle. You see, the person who is taking bribes thinks he needs or really needs. 
A person who believes God needs also, the only difference is that he takes it to God and he makes a way. People of God, we serve a mighty God. Time will fail me to tell you about this. I've worked in an organization where I was making almost, uh, the, I was, if possible, maybe more money than the MD. Officially, the MD was aware. God empowered me. I said to the man, I can do this for the organization. The organization will make this money. I'll make this money. He said, is that true? I said, yes. And he approved and the process went on. Because when you want to obey God, when you want to do his will, you know what? He makes a way. He makes a way. He does make a way. Christianity is power. Christianity is power. You're married here. You can invoke the power of the faith in your marriage. I don't know what is happening. I'm loving my wife more. I don't know. Is I sure you didn't put something for me in my food. Eh? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? It's power every area. Humility. You can be humble. The power of God can help you. You can forgive by the power of God. You can be generous by the power of God. The gospel is power. Praise the Lord. Listen to me. The reason many of us live like we are, we are weak, we can't do anything. You know, my prayer group, we are all aged there. I'm the youngest. That means these men are in their 50s, they're approaching 60. And we meet, if you know how long we meet, and we stand up and pray two hours. Do you understand? Okay. How old are you? Eh? I invite you to one prayer meeting. Let me see. You see, the other day I was thinking, I'm serious, Pastor, I was thinking, this thing we are doing like this, hey, very soon someone will clock 60, we will still be able to be doing But it says he renews our youth like the ego. Isn't that what he said? Oh yes! Christianity is power. It's not by anybody's strength. It's power. There's power to be faithful to your spouse. Power to forsake other men or other women. Power. There's power in what we believe. But you see, if you think it's a game, that power will work. I've told us here, the greatest thing or the most, okay, the very thing that was put in us at creation that makes us like God. You know, the Bible says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. It's not our eyes. It's not our hands. It's our will. That's the most thing in us that is like God. So let me tell you the way it works. When you come and hear the gospel, it is presented to you options. If you beat your chest and say, Lord, this thing you have said, I want to do it. I see it is your will for me. That's what I should do. I want to do it. And maybe you immediately even don't add the second part. You go home and try. And you fail woefully. And you come back the next Sunday. Or you go to read your Bible privately. And the spirit conviction. You say, Lord, I want to do it. And you fail woefully. Now, simple. Lord, I want to do this thing. Part B is that I cannot do it by my strength. The power of this gospel comes and does what? Makes his strength perfect in your weakness. The Bible says, it is God what? who works in us both to what? Will and to do of his good pleasure. The Christian has no excuse for living in sin. Let me tell you, the Bible has provision for a Christian being overtaken. You know what is overtake? Johnson, what card do you drive? Corolla, 1.6 or 1.8. Liters. Okay. Driving with your 1.6 liter. And you want to get to church as fast as possible on this express. And then, okay. Who comes? Somebody comes with their 5.0 liter 
you know, um, Mustang, Ford Mustang. And you're just firing. You want to get there. And the person just passes. It's as though your Corolla is reversing. <laughs> you see? You see? That is what is called overtake. That's how sin should happen to a Christian. You're running as fast as you can. And this particular one, eh, this particular temptation, does what? Comes with five liters and overtakes. The Bible says, if any man be overtaken, there is a provision that you may be overtaken. But to live in it, mm no, 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 no. Anybody living in it is playing a game. Because the person denies the power of God. Denies the provision of God. Makes the sacrifice that was put on the cross of no effect. When a man is overtaken, David was overtaken. You could see his, his brokenness. When a man is overtaken, he breaks down. Because he knows this is not him. Whether he does that publicly or with someone or private, he breaks down. He says, I can't continue like this. He cries to God. He takes advantage of the provisions that are there. But if a man is living, let me tell you what he does. He continues to hide it. If he's smoking, he's smoking and he doesn't want to, people to know. When time you see him, tom tom, you know, different, you know, outside perfume. Whatever it is a man is living in, you see that effort is being made to hide it. They hide it. Two different situations. You know, the Bible says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, what? We have fellowship with, and then the blood of Jesus what? cleanses us from you know what it means to walk in the light. To walk in the light means that when we gather like this and say, Let's lift up holy hands, you will lift your hands after service. We'll come and meet you and say, Brother XYZ, you didn't lift your hands. You say, You won't understand. Don't worry, you won't. Then the person is say, Um, you know, that time I went to Joss, that trip to Joss, I fell, I can't lift my hands. HOD or brother, so please pray for me. Agree with me in prayer. Every time I make these journeys, every time this they bring this Ghana must go to my office, or every time this uh, sister uh, so so comes, I don't know what happens to me. Okay? Or whatever, whatever. Please agree with me, agree with me. And I agree with you. You know what has done now? You have confessed that fault. It has come to the light. It's no longer just you fighting it. When the HOD is praying, and you're in Joss again, the Holy Spirit will remind him, pray for brother XYZ, so that he will know for when he prays, your weakness and his strength will combine, and that power is broken. The blood of Jesus cleanses. But you see, when you're busy chopping and wiping mouth, chopping and wiping mouth, doing and deleting, doing and deleting, Satan will just be dancing, which style is it? What? He'll just be dancing behind you, because you know what? You are made for him. You think it's a game. It's not a game. We are not playing against one another. The pastor he said it's against the devil. When we come to church, we are all on one side. We have a common enemy. When it's as though they say the pastor preaches a hard message, what is he going to benefit from preaching a hard message? It's because we have one enemy. He's the devil. He wants to use every means. To deny us of the privilege, of the power, of the salvation that Christ has wrought for us. And that's the problem with our nation now. 
We have many people who their Christianity is only a game. I know the thing about games. Games can generate a lot of activity. It can generate frenzy. You know this thing we do praise and worship here. When you see Nigerian fan club, eh, you will be like, the choir is doing their own. But many of us in the congregation, we are not even singing as well as they sing for Green Eagles or is it uh, Super Eagles. Mm-mm. You see people in the you know bitter cold. They take off their shirt. The excitement of a game at the end of that match, nothing. They pay to watch it. They will pay to go home. So when you compare your Christianity to people who accept themselves for what is just a game, you now begin to ask yourself, what am I doing? You come to the church like this, you know, with the things you see, if for nothing, Habba, if God has blessed you, bring money to the work. Now, it's not every time offering. You squeeze and bring out 2,000 naira. And because the brother by your side brings 5 naira, you just smile. I'm a treasurer. Listen, if we divided the diesel and the oxygen you consume here, your 2,000 will not pay it. You should come and offer yourself. The Bible says it's your reasonable word. Service. Whatever God has gifted you, you should ask yourself questions. It's not a game. If we are sponsoring a candidate for an election, who you're sure will win, how will you behave? Someday Jesus is going to return. And the Bible says every man's work is going to be what? Examined. It's going to be tested. How will you want to be on that day? Floor member. Stalwart. I like that. It means those who have what? Invested. How many of us? Young, old, rich, poor. How many of us can say in this kingdom business, I am not a floor member? If you appreciate what has been invested in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 20, the Bible says, Brethren, do not be children in understanding. It says, in malice, be babes. In evil, be babes. But it says, in understanding, be what? Be mature. Be mature. Ask yourself questions. Ask yourself questions. Ask yourself. And why we must appreciate this thing is this. Our Lord Jesus made it clear. It says, his choice is that you either be cold or hot. He doesn't want lukewarm. A lot of people find comfort in the fact that they are lukewarm. When they sit down, they see many people that are better than when they also look at the other side they see many people that are better than them but they check it if they do a median if the median grade is seven ah i'm eight i'm above medium but that's not the check every man shall give an account of who his neighbor no no you give account of yourself the words you hear the words you speak the life you live what have you done with the salvation that Christ has purchased for you? What have you done with the blood? What have you done? Many of us will have the Holy Ghost. What have you done with the Holy Ghost? Have you borne witness to him? Have you borne witness through him? Has God become known in different environments and scenarios? In your offices, in your places of work, amongst your family members, through you? What are you doing with this salvation? But you enjoy it. The Lord will have mercy on us in Jesus' name. The Lord will have mercy. In Luke 22, verse 28 to 30, our master was, you know, about the time, just after he established the communion, yeah, 28 to 30, please, if you can give it to me, he was speaking to the disciples, and he made them understand something. 
He said, but you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I bestow upon you what? A kingdom. People of God, we have a glorious future. I say you have a glorious future. I'm telling you, if you read the Bible, the future God has prepared for you is too wonderful. It's too glorious. Nothing in this earth compares. It's what Moses understood. And when he understood it, he called the treasures of Egypt were passing pleasures. He identified with the reproaches of God's people. But that was for a season. But did you see that at the Mount of Transfiguration, the same Moses, he that told could have been a big boy, a son of Pharaoh. But now he appears as what? A son of God. Appears in glory. Appears clothed in light. Brother, how much fashion can you do? Can you wear fire? Eh? Which type of car? Which type of light? The best of men is still earthly. But the glorious things, the excellent things, the wonderful things, when the crown, the reward is put upon your head, no price that you paid here will be anything. That's why the Bible says these lines afflictions. What is it you're going through, sir? What is it you're going through, man? Please, if you are not in church on Wednesday, maybe you should get the tape. I don't want to repeat some things we've dealt with. There's a provision. Wherever and however you find yourself, God has made a provision in this kingdom. We must master this iPhone 11. We must master it. Either for defense or attack. You, know, you just have to master it. Because the devil is out to stop. The devil is out to destroy. He's out to kill. He's out to mess up. He pumps you. You know, some come, you know, and sit in church and they, you know, my son told me that big men in Nigeria actually have big heads, literally. DJ, I'm not looking at you. Pastor Law. When you see a big man in Nigeria, you can see his neck. And you can see this side. And then some of them, their eyes have even closed. But in the kingdom, praise the Lord, in the kingdom that is to come, where you're going to be crowned, where you reign as kings and priests, where you enter into the reward of your father, there is nothing on this earth that compares. Brother, thank him. Thank him. Sister, I appreciate him. For the blood, the blood that was shed on the cross, it wasn't easy the songwriter sang, but it was worth it. All the way to Calvary. He went. He didn't have to go for himself. He did it that you'll be sought. He did it that you'll be distinguished. He did it that when men are asking, where is God? They will say his son lives here. His daughter lives here. He did it with an expectation. He said, as the father has sent me, so send I you. He did it so that together with him, you can have your heels upon the head of Satan. You and I together can bruise the head of the serpent. Every trial he brings your way. The demonic said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. How come he knew Paul? Because Paul had entered into what Christ had provided.
I want you to desire that your life, the the, the devils and the demons that know Jesus, when they see you, they will also take note of you. That they will run far from you. Because you are being, you you are representing everything that the master provided, paid for you to be. Pray that your words will not be empty. Pray that your life will not be meaningless. Pray that your journeys will not be a game. As you mature in life, you begin to ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is this for? To what end is this? If you're speeding, why am I speeding? If you're running, why am I running? That's why we don't see old men run. Because they don't run for nothing. But if there is need, I want you to go to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want my life as a Christian to be what you said it should be. I want to live the life of a believer. I want to live the life of a child of God. I want you to make that your desire. I want you to make it your prayer. I want you to ask the Lord that you want to be mature in understanding. You want to be a master. In character they have all kinds of belts. I want you to desire that you become a master in Christianity. No longer a babe. I want you to to desire that you come to an understanding of the word. To love the word of God. To love to pray. To love to pray. To love the fellowship of God's people. There is no politician that will be happy. If they hold a meeting that he should be in. And he's not there. It will cause problems. How can you hold caucus meeting? And you didn't invite me. Do you know that your church holds caucus meetings? Do you know that prayer meetings are caucus meetings? Do you know that Wednesday service is caucus meeting? Do you know that your family meets? And you're a member of this kingdom. Say to you, I don't want to be a floor member. This is not a game. I want to count. Let my Christianity affect my life. Let it affect my relationship. Let it affect my finances. Let it affect my workplace. Let it affect everything. Child of God, as we do this, our nation can begin to see light. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.